Welcome into Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Mondays. Wherever you may be across this great country or this great land, this is Outkick the Show. I was out all last week. I was in Texas. I was in California. I was in Atlanta. Now I am back in the great state of Tennessee getting ready for Bills Titans tonight Monday Night Football in my hometown of Nashville I'll be taking the Travis boys we will be headed out there shortly but first I've got this show then we're going to do Fox Bet Live then we will add in an additional show The Fade with Todd Furman to get you ready for Monday Night Football gambling in particular but we begin with the fallout at Ole Miss Tennessee in Knoxville on what was a fabulous night in Neyland. And I understand that the usual nattering nabobs of negativity the Corona Bros in the sports media you know who they are lost their minds over Tennessee fan reactions. I'm going to explain all that but first the fallout relatively insignificant about what I predicted would happen $250,000 fine the same kind of fine you get when you storm the field. Also uh, there is going to be an attempt to discover who were the people throwing things onto the field and if they are uncovered they will be banned from attending any college sporting event at the University of Tennessee for the remainder of the season. So in the grand scheme of this thing uh, as I wrote on Sunday I would encourage you guys to check out the starting 11. This story was going to fade very quickly. It is almost all gone now. If there is an entertaining Monday Night Football game it will fade into oblivion. What shouldn't fade into oblivion however is the underlying root cause here which is lack of faith in SEC officiating. This all came into being because of a series of events directly related to SEC officiating. First of all, I believe there was a total failure of officiating when Tennessee got a fumble from Matt Corral scooped and scored should have tied the game at 7 the officials allowed the entire play to happen. If you haven't seen the video was a fourth down fake and what was supposed to be happening is I think they were going to try to go for a deep pass but initially the quarterback was trying to sell the fact that they had handed off that the ball had gone into the center of the line. Every now and then you'll see kind of one of these naked fakes where the quarterback stands there as if he doesn't have the ball at all doesn't react and then at the last moment suddenly stands up he's got the ball and tries to hit a receiver deep. The hope is that the defense will have been sucked into believing that a handoff happened. Well on that play Tennessee wasn't. They were in the process of sacking Matt Corral. They stripped the football from him scooped and scored. The points were put on the board. We were ready to kick the extra point and then the officials just decided that the forward momentum had been stopped. No whistle ever blew. They then gave Tennessee the ball back at midfield instead of giving them a touchdown. Fans were rightfully furious over that decision. By the way, this is the same crew that blew the call on the Mississippi State-Memphis game when they allowed Memphis to pick up the ball and run 95 yards after they had already signaled the play dead. This is a crew that has had a history of making bad calls. 
As if that were not enough, you got a blown call there. In the second half, Ole Miss had 18 different injuries where they had defensive players go down on the field, stay down for a very short period of time, uh, get helped off the field to slow down Tennessee's offense and then miraculously they were healed and they came back in. That happened 18 times in the second half alone. They need to put in a rule in place uh, in this scenario. If you go down with an injury you shouldn't be able and have to they have to stop the game to help you off the field. You shouldn't be able to come back in at a minimum for that entire series, right? They should write you out if you're going to have to get helped off the field at a minimum you shouldn't be able to come back until that series is fully complete. I don't think it's a bad idea to hold you out for a full quarter. If we claim that we care about player safety if you go down with a legitimate injury and you have to come out then helped off the field they stop the game for you then you should have to be out for at least a series maybe a full quarter they need to address that. Finally my goodness you had a spotting controversy at the end of the game whether or not Tennessee got a first down. If the official had spotted it as a first down they wouldn't have changed it. If they had not spotted it a first down they wouldn't have changed it. They did not have good uh, surveillance good camera angles Uh, which is an indictment as well. How in the world with the money that the SEC network makes can they not have every square inch of that field covered? They didn't have a good angle on that. They also, by the way, didn't have a good angle on an interception that happened earlier in the fourth quarter either. All of those things conspired into a lack of faith in the officiating. Also, you combine it with everybody drinking all day long and also Lane Kiffin basically trolling the University of Tennessee fan base for a decade and it all culminated in an emotional response uh, which didn't really surprise me. I understand that the usual suspects wanted to grab their pearls and fall on their feigning couches but in the grand scheme of things I think the SEC got the penalty right. I think it's roughly akin to storming the field. Uh, I, I do think that whoever brought the golf ball in That was a premeditated act of redneckdom. That is somebody who was angry at Lane Kiffin and came there planning to hit Lane Kiffin with a a golf ball. Whoever threw it must have a heck of a cannon for an arm. I wish they had been there to back up Hendon Hooker when he went out. Probably that person was angry enough they would have at least gotten tackled on the field of play as opposed to voluntarily running out of bounds not even trying to lateral the ball or do anything to extend the play like we saw with Joe Milton on the final play of the game. It's unfortunate because on the next to last play of the game the penultimate play of that game Joe Milton actually had a great throw that should have been caught in the end zone for a touchdown and if that had happened I can't even imagine the pure bedlam that would have taken place in Knoxville. The field would have been stormed Everybody was ready for an emotional catharsis for a celebration and instead uh, they got, they believe, screwed by the officiating in the SEC. This is a major issue going forward for the SEC. I think they have to worry about the perception of their officials because it continues to decline in the eyes of SEC fans because it's easier to see officiating errors now There are more camera angles despite the fact that we didn't have great ones on Saturday in Knoxville uh, that can make it easier to share officiating errors. Social media makes grabbing a video and sharing it that much easier. 
Um, and so, look, I understand people were furious. Uh, I think a lot of that was performative outrage uh, because there's a certain cadre of the national college football media that has decided they don't like the University of Tennessee fan base because they stood up against the hiring of Greg Schiano. Greg Schiano's top PR base appears to be virtually every national college football writer in the country uh, who Schiano must be texting with regularly, who Schiano uh, must be interacting with, giving him stories on a daily basis because those same people are hardly saying a word right now about Rutgers being the worst team in the Big Ten in year two of the Schiano regime and getting whipped by Northwestern like happened there. I also think some of those Corona Bro sports writers are upset because we won the battle to play college football last year after they said the season had to be canceled. I also think they're jealous of your boys' success. Uh, They are hoping to make uh, a living, keep their jobs as long as they can whereas I have become fabulously wealthy by starting my own company. Unlike those guys, I actually have fans. Uh, People are excited to come up, consume OutKick content, come see us. I think there's a lot of jealousy so the University of Tennessee gets attacked because I'm one of the more famous University of Tennessee fans out there Uh, and uh, frankly a large part of me just doesn't care about the national media reaction at all. I know Tennessee fans. I am one of them. It is one of the most passionate and best fan bases in all of sports. I've been fortunate to be able to go to games all over the country all over the world really and there are few places that are better than Neyland Stadium on a Saturday for a big game. There are few fans that are more welcoming anywhere in the country. Few fans that are more passionate. And sometimes when that passion is met with anger it can lead to negative outcomes. But the positive is I thought it was a heck of a game. Matt Corral played phenomenally well for Ole Miss. Uh, He may not be able to play this week because Tennessee's defense put such a beating on him. He ran the ball 30 times. That's according to uh, to Lane Kiffin who had a press conference a little bit earlier in the day. So all of that is uh, is rolling in together and I think you have to, uh, to pay attention to it uh, going forward. Now, let me get my... Uh, so, so I think the end result here is this story is going to vanish in a hurry. What will not uh, vanish in a hurry is Josh Heupel's a pretty good coach and Tennessee is getting substantially better probably should have won that game could have beaten Pittsburgh who may end up winning uh, the ACC they're going to be bowl eligible they may take a year of punishment to not play in the bowl game I'm not sure exactly but it is kind of intriguing uh, to uh, to watch the reaction uh, as things seem to be going pretty well for Tennessee in general obviously Ole Miss gets the win uh, I want to say this by the way Um, Georgia by the way the unquestioned best team in all of college football I've got my top 10 we had a fantastic uh, time down in Athens appreciate everybody that we met down in Athens Uh, we are going to be at the Florida-Georgia game for the cocktail party we've got the new debut of the the Going Deep with Clay Travis show which is going to start uh, in the near future also uh, we are going to be at LSU-Alabama and I think we're going to be in Knoxville for the Georgia game against Tennessee on November 13th. More games to be added. We'll also be at Alabama-Auburn to finish off. we got a fantastic brand new bus. Alabama, second best team in the country behind number one Georgia. I don't really think there's any doubt. I know Alabama lost to Texas A&M. That was a surprising outcome. 
But I think that Georgia is the best team in college football. They put a whip in on Kentucky. Uh, Alabama is in the second spot. I've got Michigan State as the third best team out there in all of uh, all of college football props. How about the coaching job that we have seen from Mel Tucker get to 7-0 and Michigan State on fire. Big game against Michigan coming up this weekend. I've got the Wolverines in my four spot. I've got Oklahoma State big win against Texas in my five spot. Oklahoma at six. Both of those big 12 teams undefeated. Oregon at seven. Uh, Ohio State at eight. (coughs) Ole Miss at nine. And Penn State right now at number 10 overall. My SEC power rankings I've got Georgia 1, Bama 2, Ole Miss 3, Kentucky 4, Texas A&M 5, Auburn 6, Arkansas 7. You can go read this in the starting 11. LSU 8, big win. We'll get to Coach O here in a moment. Florida 9, Tennessee 10, Mississippi State 11, Missouri 12, South Carolina 13, and Vanderbilt sliding in at the 14th spot. Coach O has officially been fired 21 months after going undefeated 15-0 with Joe Burrow to win a national championship. He is reportedly going to finish out the year. Who are the coaches that make the most sense in my opinion for LSU? I think Lane Kiffin could make a lot of sense for LSU based on what he is doing at Ole Miss the two teams are playing this weekend I could see Lane getting an opportunity to go down to Baton Rouge. I could also see James Franklin. Look, they are going to make a run at James Franklin at USC and at LSU. We'll see how the season finishes at Penn State but I think James Franklin will have the opportunity to leave Penn State and go potentially to either USC or to LSU. Going to have to pay a lot of money to do it but will be interesting to see how exactly that shakes out. Joe Brady seems to want to stay in the NFL. That is certainly a name that could be discussed. I don't think Jimbo Fisher will leave A&M for LSU. Hugh Freeze could end up on this list before all is said and done as well although Liberty lost in a major upset over the weekend we will see exactly what ends up happening in the Coach O replacement search but there's probably going to be a lot of coaches that get raises. It is going to be downright incredible to see what ends up happening there. I am headed as I said to start the show off to the Bills-Titans game Monday Night Football tonight. I'm going to be doing my gambling show The Fade with Todd Furman here momentarily but I am on the over as my favorite bet tonight. If I had to bet on the Bills or the Titans I would take the Bills to win and cover. The Titans to me have not been very impressive. I think they're going to struggle in the secondary to handle the Bills wide receiving team. I think the Bills are the best team in the AFC right now. I know already there are a lot of people from Buffalo here in Nashville gearing up getting their best, uh, their best pregame life on uh, because they have traveled down in massive numbers to be in my hometown. Uh, I appreciate all the tax dollars that you are bringing to bear. You know right now I work a lot 
Got the radio show, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show that I just finished. I'm talking to you guys right now. I'm going to sit down on Fox Bet Live uh, shortly on FS1 and then I'll also be doing the fade with Todd Furman and then I'm going to load up my boys and we're going to be driving downtown to Nashville to go watch the Titans play against the Bills. Why does all that matter? means I need to be in a comfortable chair one that has warmth one that has coolness one that is going to be uh, allow me to be as efficient as I possibly can be and for me that is X chair. You can go to xchairclay.com right now that's the letter X chair C-L-A-Y dot com for $100 off your order. X chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort You can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. All you need to do is go to xchairclay.com get hooked up dynamic massage heating, cooling it's the best chair anywhere and you can get it with $100 off if you go to xchairclay.com There's no risk. You can spend 30 days trying out to see whether or not it is a chair that makes great sense for you. I'm confident that it will be. Go to xchairclay.com Uh, What's the playoff picture going to look like? College football. Talk about the NFL a lot tomorrow with top five, bottom five, all that jazz. But right now, Alabama and Georgia potentially are going to make the college football playoff. The challenge is would 11-2 Alabama get in? I would be stunned beyond belief if Georgia's not 12-0 when they get to Atlanta. Ohio State is in the mix. Michigan. Michigan State Penn State Iowa all of those schools from the Big Ten Oklahoma Oklahoma State in the Big 12 ACC probably out of the playoff race Oregon is the only team in the Pac-12 still hanging on there my prediction Cincinnati is out there floating around as well number two in the nation Cincinnati by the way with Luke Fickle who I would imagine may end up getting talked to at LSU as well but if I were laying out things right now I think the most likely outcome is Georgia and Alabama are in Ohio State is in and Oklahoma ends up in. Before all is said and done I think there is a decent chance that we get Georgia Alabama Ohio State and Oklahoma as our playoff four. That's what I would predict at least right now. Lots of discussion by the way about the John Gruden email mess. And what's wild is on Friday the Associated Press reported that there were no other emails that were inappropriate out of the 650,000 that were reviewed in this Washington Redskins investigation than the ones that were flagged surrounding John Gruden. Now this seems strange to me. It seems strange to me that of everybody else writing emails there are 650,000 of them out there and the NFL it feels like teed up and went after John Gruden exclusively almost relative to everything else particularly because he wasn't even involved or accused of wrongdoing in the email review he just got dragged into it because that was part of the overall investigation not because he was accused of anything inappropriate or improper himself. So I think John Gruden's going to end up getting paid out all of the money that is owed to him. But the bigger issue for John Gruden and I'm sure this is something that is uh, that is upsetting him greatly is he potentially 
is done, maybe even probably, is done at being able to be employable in the NFL ever again based on these emails. So who ordered the code red against John Gruden and why? Why have only those emails come out? And who or what else is being protected as a result of the code red that the NFL ordered against John Gruden? I think that is the number one question that comes out to me from this. And remember, you're talking about somebody who is a uh, former lawyer and has done a lot of doc review over the years. When you're a young lawyer, a lot of what you do is just review all these emails and see what is appropriate and what is inappropriate surrounding them. And it's wild to me that only John Gruden really is going to end up targeted in this investigation. In the meantime, it's football season. You know what that means. means two hours uh, going for two here two hours 12 hours every day of football for me. 12 hours every Saturday a lot of hours every Sunday. I'm going to a game a little bit later here uh, to go watch the Bills play against the Titans and I want to make sure that you have the best possible grooming products. We got the ultra smooth package here the Weed Whacker I want to make sure that you guys can see the Weed Whacker and you see the lawnmower 4.0. I use these products in my everyday life. You should as well. It's dangerous to be trimming below the belt. All sorts of things can go awry and you can end up getting all sorts of cuts, all sorts of abrasions, all sorts of issues if you're using the wrong product. That is why you need the lawnmower 4.0. It's why you need the Weed Whacker and it's why you need the Ultra Smooth Package. I'm telling you right now you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code DBAP20 at manscaped.com That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com You can use the code DBAP20 Stiff arm your pubes out of the playoffs this year with Manscaped Manscaped.com DBAP20 A couple of other stories that are out there that I don't think are going to get much attention elsewhere that I think are important to share with you. Do you know that Florida right now has the lowest rate of COVID anywhere in the contiguous 48 states? And did you see that even the Today Show has teed off on Dr. Fauci over his prediction that COVID was going to feast on college football fans The reality has been cases have plummeted all over the Southeast. In fact, as I'm looking right now at the latest data Florida cases are down 48% in the past two weeks. Louisiana down 38%. Georgia down 50%. Mississippi down 44%. Alabama down 49%. Missouri down 29%, Arkansas 25%, Texas 37%, Tennessee 39%, South Carolina 47% all over the South. Kentucky down 37%. Cases have come plummeting down. But nowhere as much as Florida which now has the lowest rate of COVID infection of anywhere in the contiguous 48 states. No vaccine mandate no mask mandate yet Florida has the lowest rate of COVID anywhere in the country. 
should be a monster story because it shows you how worthless many of the different COVID restrictions are. Instead, Florida having the lowest COVID cases in the contiguous 48 is getting almost no attention because it's an inconvenient truth. That's the reality. All right, so Florida with the lowest COVID cases in the contiguous 48. Dr. Fauci, even the Today Show talking about how wrong he was in terms of predicting that we would end up with a uh, that we would end up with COVID feasting all over the college football fan bases that hasn't happened, and we continue to have politicians violate mask mandates, which are completely unnecessary and shouldn't exist anywhere. Uh, Joe Biden caught over the weekend in Georgetown, a Tony area of Washington D.C., out to a restaurant there violating the mask mandate along with his wife Jen Psaki said oh well sometimes we just forget I'm sorry if you are arguing that masks are a matter of life or death and you are the President of the United States you cannot be walking around in a restaurant lecturing after lecturing all of us about masks and the importance of wearing them not having a mask as was shown on video and as was shown in photographs. This is just further evidence that people are not actually following the advice. Politicians are not actually following the advice that their own rules would require. Same weekend, Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago, gets caught inside of an arena violating the indoor mask mandate she put in place in her own city. Remember Joe Biden said if we just all wore masks for 100 days COVID would go away. He was 100% wrong and now he's 100% a hypocrite. I am Clay Travis. Get your bets in tonight on the Bills Titans FanDuel.com slash Clay. That is FanDuel.com slash Clay. This has been Outkick the Show. We will be up a little bit later with Todd Furman and The Fade. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. This has been Outkick the Show. DBAP unless you need to ask that.